Welcome to the Gridiron Show in association with Sports Travel Tours, Sports Travel for Sports Fans, by Sports Fans, and our divisional previews begin with the NFC South. We've had a suggestion on Twitter of how to do it, and we're going to steal it and pretend like it's our own. Hooray! Plus we'll have all the news and some great interviews coming up, and another chance to hear for our chat with Matt Ryan at the Super Bowl. This is the Gridiron Show. Welcome to the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin and Ollie Hunter in the studio. We're going to go through all the big news in the NFL and talking about the NFC South. As I mentioned there, we'll be getting another chance to hear our chat with Matt Ryan from the Super Bowl. We've got so many great interviews lined up over the next couple of weeks that I felt bad not crowbarring something into this show. Um, although we, we might be speaking to Jeremy Curley today, the Lions wide receiver. Maybe. Uh, I've been chatting to his agent via email. We're just trying to arrange a time. If not, that will come in the next few weeks. Uh, and we'll obviously have a chance to talk about the situation with the Jets and everything else there. But there are so many players coming over next week. I'm sitting down one-on-one for 15 minutes with Andrew Luck on Monday night. Ooh. So if you've got any questions you want for the highest paid man in all of the NFL, then do let us know. Um, Other than Roger he, Goodell, that is, of course. What's he going to get his lineman? This Christmas. That is a great question, Ollie Hunter. That's why you're a top end producer. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah. And uh, we're going to. Who else? We, oh, I'm speaking with uh, uh, a certain wide receiver of the New York Giants. I'm speaking with two New York Giants wide receivers in the next week. Are you allowed to say which ones they are? I, I can say the first one's Victor Cruz. I cannot reveal the second one. But there's only one other, really. Isn't there? <laughs> it could be the rookie they signed this season. Who knows? Uh, the other one's not. <laughs> the other one's not 100 confirmed at the moment. But I should be sitting down with him later this week, later next week. So all very exciting stuff for you, podcast listeners at Gridiron on Twitter. And do make sure you go and check out our sports travel tours tours because we only have three places left. You're kidding me! It's been selling so well. And people have been using the code GRIDIRON16 to get their 15% off. 15% uh, off? The site is actually, they're, they're re-upping everything tomorrow morning with uh, with prices and everything sorted. And it's all going to be back up tomorrow morning. But yeah, 15% off if you use no, the code GRIDIRON16. Only three places and left. And there's only three places left. Wow. So get in there. Get in there now. I reckon wow. if you wanted to come as a group of four, it's like there's three hotel rooms left. So if you wanted to come as, say, like a group of four, I'm sure we'd be able to work out a way to squeeze you all in. I leave Ollie behind. Uh, but hey! <laughs> <laughs> Either hey! way, sportstraveltools.com or via the Gridiron website to find out more about that. We're also going to talk about the correct way to eat a Cadbury's Crunchy. Yeah. Now, I've got a couple of things to say to you. One, the control room in here really smells <laughs> of chicken kebab. I'm sorry. I had an hour between finishing my regular job and starting doing this. And, and uh, waiting for me to finish. Whilst yeah. Ollie was finishing his regular job on the much more important talk sports, not talk sport two. Exactly, yes. Uh, and so I needed to eat because I'm not going to eat. Uh, again look, this I'm not going uh, so to. Capsicle, Capsicle Kebabs, who there are other kebab shops available, but this one's the, probably the best in South South of the River. You've told me many times it's the best in London. I think it's great. I've not been to some of the good, great kebaberies. Kebaberies! <laughs> what is a kebabbery? It's a kebab house. A, a, kebab, <laughs> a kebabbery. A kebabins. Imagine if you've just played some kebaddy and then you went to ke- a kebabbery. We were talking about kebaddy on TalkSport 4, we reckon. TalkSport 4. <laughs> TalkSport 4. <laughs> the... 
It's on. It's on. Illegitimate niece of Talksport. <laughs> <The editor. laughs> but it does smell such of kebab a, in here. Such a bad in joke. I um, can you tell me? Did you have everything on it, or do no, you no, forego the onions? I went lettuce, yeah. tomato, yeah. chili sauce, no cucumber, garlic sauce, no cucumber. Oh, I love a cucumber. No onions, no cabbage. I go cabbage. I sack off the onions. One, I don't like too much raw onion. I like a little bit of raw onion, but if you just say a little bit to him, he puts a whole load on. So I just did you forego it? Did you cabbage is just filler? It? Cabbage is just filler. Yeah, I don't mind that. What did you go? Did you garlic sauce it? I did garlic sauce. I had chili and garlic. Oh, yeah, but see, I surely will... you can go and smell the garlic in there. Come in here and smell my breath, and you'll smell garlic yeah, I don't want mixed it. with lilt zero, which I'm now drinking. I I was at. Uh, we are not sponsored by any of these companies. I was at I... the pub yesterday, and at the bar. This woman and I were jostling for position to see who would be next. Of course, I let her go first. Uh, she, no, she wasn't hot, but I still let her go first. But she had really bad garlic breath. Oof. I mean, really Nasty. bad. Nasty. I just wanted to go, her to go in front of me so that I wouldn't have to smell her breath anymore. <laughs> now, and uh, before we started, you often make your uh, regular pilgrimage homage, uh, pilgrimage to the vending machine. My homage to the vending machine. Well, no, yeah, a pilgrimage to the vending machine. And um, you very kindly and generously offered me a crunchy which i bought you a crunchy you bought me a crunchy which um, i'm now eating which you're now eating and i've 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 turned it away and that's because join a galaxy no i'm fine i'm fine uh that's because a friend of mine who will remain nameless told me how his mum eats a crunchy and ever since and i'm pretty sure i've told this on the on the podcast before will has forgotten it but ever since she to- he told me how well, she eats it very plausible ever since he told me how she eats it i have ne- i haven't had a crunchy and this has been two years and i love crunchy i love honeycomb i love honey flavored stuff do you want to know how she does it go on so she bites off the top just like what you have just done now then she spits <laughs> <laughs> into the crunchy into the honeycomb and her saliva uh, melts, it. melts it and then it turns into like a it's a. It turns it. It's a, inside the the chocolate casing. It turns it to this sort of <laughs> mush. Honeycomb mush. <laughs> you definitely not told me this before. I don't think I can finish this now. And then she drinks it. Oh! 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 I'm not doing the podcast anymore. I told you it was horrendous. I feel sick. I feel physically sick. So every time I see... Do you reckon I could do it if I poured Lilt in there? No, don't do it. Don't do it. No, no, don't do it. I don't even want to see it. I'd be in so much trouble. Do you know what? I can't go to waste. Ah, So ever since I haven't been able to even look at the crunchy. Think about that. Oh, mate, you're gross. (laughs) And she's a lovely lady. I don't know. She's sort of early... Late sixties, early seventies, and she still does it. When did we last do a show? Uh, about ten days ago. About ten days ago. <laughs> What's going on in your mouth? Was it before? <laughs> was it? Was it before Glastonbury? It. I don't know. It was. Yeah, no, it was after. It was the day that Andrew Lux. Um, oh, of course it was. was announced. And we were going to talk about that in some depth in this show today, but um, yeah, I. Um, I, I figure we were talking to him on Monday. Let's talk to him about the contract. 
and then analyse it ourselves afterwards. I think that's a, a good idea. We've got a lot to get through today. Yeah, there's plenty to get to. You've t- given us loads of tweets about the NFC South, so we'll get to all of those. And actually, so this was the plan. First of all, Adam Barton tweets us saying, are you feeling all right? Hashtag tell GGS. I was before that <laughs> disgraceful, crunchy story. I, uh, I, I must apologise. Um, that crunchy story was not... Uh, by sports travel tours or associated with sports travel tours. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, right, uh, let's let's go through the tweets that people have sent us that aren't related to the NFC South and go through some news and stuff, right? Yeah, let's do that. It almost sounds like this is planned. Um, so uh, that's NFC South related. Oops. Uh, I think it was BS. Uh, it, it, my reading of these tweets is absolutely BS. Uh, Adam Foscroft tweets, which team will have the number one pick in the 2017th draft? My bold prediction is New Orleans. Now, obviously, that is whoa, NFC whoa, South whoa. related. Hashtag bold prediction. Hashtag bold prediction is New Orleans. Hashtag tell TGS. I feel like I don't want to shoot my load on that yet. I, th- oh. I think we should talk about, like, <laughs> no, I'm not going there. I think we should talk about all that when we get to the end of the divisionals and then we sit down and we do our season predictions, and then we look like a fool like three weeks later. Yeah, okay. No, that sounds good. You know we're going to have to do two pods a week for some of this next couple of months because uh, we're going to run out of time. I figured out it's nine weeks till the season starts today, and there are how many divisions? Eight. Yep, and then we've still got to do the season preview and much more. I think we're going to struggle to get it all in. Well, listen, I think it's a good idea that we start doing two shows a week. Have you started sorting out getting special guests while i'm in chile um yes i've asked nat coombs he didn't reply <laughs> <laughs> i'm going on his show next week he should come on ours exactly did exactly. the all-american sports show on talk be, sport too i tell you what that would be great i will be the lead host in nat will be my sidekick excellent <laughs> definitely gotta do that um tom tweets are saying what's more likely johnny manzel stays sober for a year or chip kelly leads the 49ers to the nfc west title i'm going the latter I'm go- I think I'm going the former. Wow, okay. Beer bet. <laughs> <laughs> nobody wins. Genuinely nobody wins No one there. wins that. The, uh, the NFC West, the 49ers are, are going to come last in the NFC West. I've accepted this already. I've dealt with it. I'm all right with that. It's fine. Do you feel It's a about, rebuilding process. Do you feel about the 49ers at the moment the same way you feel about the England football team? Is it that kind of acceptance that we're... No, I'm, I'm feeling much more positive about the 49ers than the England football team. Okay. Particularly with the idea that we're going to have Gareth Southgate for a year interim, followed by Arsene Wenger beyond that. No, we're not going to have either of those. They're speaking to Arsene Wenger this week. Okay, well... With the thought of him joining at the end of this next contract, which finishes in 12 months. That's your opinion? I'm just telling you what's been reported <laughs> today by Tom somebody in the papers. Race Dubs told me earlier, I wasn't paying that much attention. Uh, <laughs> speaking, st- sticking with the NFC West, Tom Knight asks us: Is all or nothing the best NFL show ever? Now, look, agree, disagree, discuss. For me, it's the best. It's like Hard Knocks on PhDs. Now, I don't think he meant PhDs because that's a like a doctorate. Uh, yeah, it? that's a that's a Hard Knocks, but with a doctorate. Uh, I mean, that would be better than Hard Knocks. <laughs> I think he means PEDs. Is E near H on the keyboard? It really isn't. PEDs. I think he means. So, have you seen All or Nothing yet? No. Have none you? of it. None of it. I'm... I finished it this morning. Where is it? Uh, on Amazon Prime. I don't have Amazon I'll give you Prime. Sam Howitt's login and you can watch it now I've finished watching it. All right. What's his password? Uh, it is... Optical Illusion. Optical Illusion 45. Uh, yes. 69. Um, so, 
is All or Nothing the best NFL well, TV no, show? No, 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 no. Well, Gavin, is All or Nothing the best NFL show ever? No. Oh, well, okay. There we go. Moving on. Um, <laughs> he, he asked this, and I said, I, my opinion differs on this. I, people are loving it, and it was good. It was... I, the, the fact is, the Cardinals are very lucky to... Uh, well, I think, I guess, NFL Films are very lucky in Amazon that the team they picked has four or five really great, strong characters at the centre of it. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Arians is an absolute hero. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Peterson, brilliant. Yeah. T- uh, Tyron Matthew, absolutely brilliant. Honey. Carson Palmer, excellent. Crunchy like, Badger. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, what a great story. All of that is brilliant. The owner seems like a really good guy, and actually we're possibly getting him on the phone in the next week or so. Um, yeah, I've been doing some work this week. Yeah, I've actually yeah. bothered trying. Uh, so we're possibly getting him on the phone in the next week. His dog is the real hero of the whole thing, Riley. But my problem with it versus Hard Knocks... And you can. There's loads of other shows uh, to do with the NFL. I'm a big America's Game fan. Mm. The good thirty for thirties, the really oh, good one, the yeah. one about the U and stuff like that. Yeah, I know it's technically yeah. college football, but it's great. The Stanford one with uh, Pete Carroll and Brilliant. stuff. Yeah. There are some great, yeah. great documentaries out there. Some great shows. My problem with this versus, say, Hard Knocks is that. It was great. We got the story of those five or six characters. Uh, Claire's Campbell, I missed off. Claire's Campbell also brilliant. You know, it was a it so many great characters around that team but it just wasn't a deep enough dive for me i didn't get anything from that show that i didn't feel like i didn't get just from following that team throughout the year anyway so what you're saying is you know it was kind of padding paddling pool shallow end level I th- I you wanted you wanted someone to to go off the top ball 10 meters they had dive straight in there. they had seven hours to fill hashtag diving and reference. they filmed like a thousand hours over the season and it was what 17 weeks plus playoffs plus the preseason plus everything else and they're just not enough time to cram it all in do you think Whereas with hard knocks the bits i like about that are discovering the players that you're not as familiar with discovering yeah, their yeah. personalities there was uh, the, the moment it became clear to me that was how i felt was after the nfc um uh not the wild card not the divisional what's the one in between no it's the divisional round yeah. the, the divisional round against the packers yeah. with the Hail Mary, and then the Larry Fitzgerald 75-yard run, and then the Well, it was a double Hail Mary, wasn't it? Yeah, double Hail... Yeah, unbelievable. And the first... Again, like we said at the time, first throw better than the second. Yeah, agree. But what frustrated me about that is I know the story behind the final play, the touchdown play that won them the game, is that since Arians joined the Cardinals three years earlier, that is a play that they've practised in goal line situations every year for the past three years. You know, they've gone over that 300 times in practice and never deployed it because Arians was waiting for the right moment to bring it out. Found the right moment there, got the exact look he wanted from the defence. When John Brown made the run across, uh, I think it's uh, Burnett goes with him. Mm. Like, everything worked perfectly. And what I want is for them to go, we've been filming practices for the last three months. Let's do a whole thing of, here's this play. Here's them practicing it. Let's here's them it finally down. utilizing yeah, yeah. it. Like, that's what I wanted from it. And they could have done it in a really dramatic way in, like, in episode two, show them putting that play together and tease it and then, like, build up to it. And it just, it was so around the edges. And the Cardinals are such an interesting team. I just wanted more from it. I think it's still brilliant. And I think everyone involved has done a great job. But actually, I could have had 20 episodes, gone much deeper, and I would have been even happier. Okay. okay. It's but definitely it, worth watching. Do you think Go they'll learn from this season and it will just be better next season? Well, I think what they'll do, do we is know listen to my review. Season? 
and then well, well, decide. <laughs> shall we send it off to them? Yeah, I think so. I think we get in touch with NFL Films. Greg Cassell, good mate of ours. We'll get him on the line and be like, look, Greg. Come on, son. It was good, but but it could have been better. He'll know. He'll know that as well. Uh, so a lot of people are getting in touch with us about the NFC South. Should we get into... Well, should we do some news first? News first? News first? News, news is there, first. Is there any news first? Well, Big T tweeted us, Tony, the uh, Welsh Tony. Some pretty damning stuff from Megatron, he said. And I, I don't have seen this article. Calvin Johnson spoke with ESPN 60. That's their new... Like they've done the 30-30. The 60s is like... Kind of a bit like 60 minutes. Uh, long interviews going into things. Um... Calvin Johnson talked about retiring from the NFL because his body started to break down. He said many players are choosing to do whatever it takes to stay on the field. He says that includes painkillers. He said, I guess for half my career, before they really, you know, before they were like started looking over the whole industry, the whole NFL, the doctors, the team doctors and trainers were giving out painkillers like candy. Um, he talked about Vicodin. He talked about if his ankle hurts, he needs it. And he talked about basically people getting addicted to painkillers, only getting through because of painkillers. He also talks about um, concussion issues. And it's a really, really good interview. You can watch bits of it on the ESPN website now. But it's fascinating to hear from a man who was never hugely vocal throughout his career, speaking so frankly about this stuff. And as we're finding more and more out about it, uh, uh, you know, whether it's the injuries, whether it's the CTE, what it is, mm. it's clear that they're is an issue in the NFL. We're going to see a lot more people retiring earlier and that there needs to be a consideration of how we can make it not safer in terms of hits, not safer in terms of big moment injuries, but the day-to-day, how we can make the day-to-day safer. Now, the CBA did a lot to help with that, whether it was when you can practice, when you can't practice, coming in over the summer, talking football, all of that stuff as well. But I really think they need to introduce a second bye week to the league. I think they need to introduce... Make it an 18-week season, or we'll make it a 19-week season with 17 games, like we've talked about before. But a second bye week would make a big difference. And you saw it in All or Nothing. In December, those injuries just stack up and stack up and the niggly things. And half your time is managing people's hurt bodies as much as it is training them to win games. Um, and the, the, the big thing about tough. the NFL, as it... As it uh you know, as we go along every year, the players are getting bigger, they're getting faster, they're getting stronger, they're getting harder. Wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? The, the training's getting more complex. They're doing all of these things to, to make themselves better athletic specimens. And that means the hits are going to be harder. That means that people are going to get injured more quickly. And what they're still going on is... Uh, a schedule regime or a, you know a, a season of 20 years ago and it these are not the same players same stature of players uh overall that there were 20 years ago 30 years ago 40 years ago so they have to move these things along they have to evolve otherwise we're going to see teams getting more and more injuries more depletion and actually it brings it will bring the quality of the football down anyway so an extra bye week plus it, it it prolongs the season that's more tv money yeah come on guys you don't want to say it's more football for us fans it's more tv money hooray well, i was just thinking you know as, a, as an executive <laughs> um uh, yeah and and uh, well we can only make the suggestions we can make uh, so we're going to put that to uh, the NFL um, done. The NFL committee. When we have our meeting with them next and week. And we'll... you are going to talk to NFL Films. Yeah. 
Perfect. Okay, cool. That's Perfect. Two. Great. Um, Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. Now, I know this is NBA news, but we asked about it on our Twitter, and well, I was trying to figure out if there is an NFL equivalent. Uh, maybe Peyton joining the Broncos a few years ago is up there, but I actually can't really. Kevin I've got du- one. Kevin Durant, in theory to me, is the one of the top five players in the league, maybe one of the top three. I love Kevin Durant. He had an amazing game when we saw them in Golden State for OKC when we were out there for the Super Bowl. But I couldn't find... Uh, how did you feel about it, first of all? Um, the I'm whole a, super team thing happening I'm a in bit Golden like Max, State. I'm a bit like Max Whittle, who is also a Golden State Warriors fan, who says that he can't wait to see it. To see the creme de la creme all coming together, playing together... And dominating. But why is it suddenly acceptable? And you know I follow Golden State, but why is it suddenly acceptable for Golden State to do it, whereas before we've lambasted teams like the Miami Heat for doing it? Or Well, look, I can't say because I wasn't into NBA then. It, it's, it's, <laughs> That's only happened in the last three months. And I've also... <laughs> I've, but the thing is, if, if you go bring it back to football, where Manchester United used to buy everyone up, or in Scotland, Celtic buy all of the good, all the good Scottish players from the smaller clubs, and it just makes them better and brings down the competition of everyone else. I get it from that that point of view, but from a fan's point of view of of that particular team, I I think it's really exciting. But yeah, it it, it may mean that they'll get another seventy two, seventy three win regular season season. I've got one. But I think I've got one. Let me let me hear yours first. But I'm going to write mine down. Okay. I want to hear yours first. I think I've just nailed it. Now, I think because some of the suggestions on our Twitter was let me let me get it was it all quarterback related. It were Rogers to Denver, Watt to New England, Miller to Pittsburgh. Watt to New England's not a bad one. Well, I don't think it, I think that's a rubbish one because what you've got, I think you need a team. And a, a rivalry that's already there. And I don't think the Texans have a rivalry with New England, per se. It's, I know it's the same conference. Uh, Rogers to Denver, no. I mean, Rogers, if he went to Chicago, who had just won the Super Bowl. That's the kind of thing that I'm thinking. Don't check your email. I'm sending you mine now. Carry on. Okay, so mine, I think, would be like Antonio Brown from the Pittsburgh Steelers going to New England Patriots. He's one of the greatest players uh, in a team which is which is very good. It's on the cusp of doing something. The Patriots are that perennial. Um, they're always going to be their team. You know, they 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 lost out last season, but they've been a huge team over the last five or six years. So that would be, and they're in the, they're very close geographically together. Uh, and they're very close, um, sort of divisional-wise as well. So I think that would be sort of my comparison. So here's here's mine, and I'll, and I'll break mine down for you. Mine is, I would suggest that in terms of small forwards, Kevin Durant is... It depends on how you consider LeBron James. If you consider LeBron James a straight-up small forward, LeBron James is the best small forward in the league. Kevin Durant's the second best yeah, in that Le- situation. LeBron James massive. How yeah. could he be small? <laughs> it's, it's basketball. It's just a term, mate. What a stupid term. <laughs> um, Why is he called giant forward? He's gone to join a team who already had a world-beating team, and you would argue that the uh, if there's a weak position, it was Harrison Barnes, but really he's not a weakness. Well, he's gone to the Mavericks. So it's now, taking it? a very best yeah. at the position 
and putting them with a team who, if you look at every other position on that side of the ball at least, they probably are the best in the league. My one is Rob Gronkowski to the Green Bay Packers. Now, I... Because that would make the Packers unbeatable on offense. But, but what you've got... The problem you've got it with there is that they're not the same conference. They're not any... They're oh, not I don't even, buy it. I don't no, care about all that, that stuff. No, no, no. You've got, to, you've got to look at the whole thing. I think because Oklahoma and, um, and uh, uh, Oakland... Golden State. Golden State... They are in that same divi- the same uh, conference. I, I, I don't think that cross conference. I don't I, I don't believe in that comparison. I don't believe right. you. Whereas my Gronkowski one, to the Steelers. Then. My one, Antonio Brown. The Steelers aren't a big enough team to do that. What are you on about? The, traditionally, the Steelers well, have won the most championships of all time. Yeah, yeah, but not recently, and neither have Golden State. Come on, man! You've got to think about this. You've got no, to think about this. I, my Gronkowski ones. No, 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 no. Mine is better because, and if, <laughs> and I'll use your logic. Wes Welker. Don't you touch my logic. Wes Welker is a not Wes Welker. Uh, a Julian Incredible. You still owe me an apology. Is one of the best. <laughs> never happening. One of the best receivers in the league. It's top ten. Top ten. He's not a top ten receiver. Oh, get out! Julian Edelman is not a top ten. He's wide a top receiver. ten receiver. No, he's not. Yes, he is. For what he does for that team, he's a top ten receiver. And <laughs> then no, that's not the that's not the caveat. And the, no, no, but he is a top ten receiver. No, he's not. Maybe top twelve. But <laughs> you put it then put in Antonio Brown like you would with uh, Kevin Durant and Harrison Barnes. Boom. That's that's uh, how do you like them apples, man? I don't like your apples. Well, I'm nowhere near your apples. You're an apple. Um. Ten best wide receivers in the league. We've gone off on a really horrendous tangent here. That's how we roll. Antonio Brown. Yeah. Julio Jones. Jones. DeAndre Hopkins. Odell Beckham. AJ Green. Yeah. Yeah. Demarius Thomas. No, I'm not having that. Demarius Thomas. Demarius Thomas is a better wide receiver than... uh, than, Get out, mate. I said Wes Welker then. Wes Welker's a better wide receiver than Julian Edelman anyway. No, he's not. What are you talking about? At his height he was. Oh, get out. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, okay. I'm Alan f- Robinson. Yeah, yeah. Based on the last two seasons, no, no, definitely. Brandon Marshall's definitely a better wide receiver than Julian Edelman. Yeah, I'll give you that. I kind of want to put another youngster in. I'm thinking like an Amari Cooper type. Can't have him. Why? No, but what's he done? If I was starting a team, I'd rather have Amari Cooper in my team than uh, than Julian Edelman. It depends where you're playing him. The, I oh, mean, I haven't even mentioned Jordy Nelson yet. Yeah, d- there are 10 better receivers than Julian Edelman. Sorry. Well, I said top 12, so... <laughs> so Amari Cooper... <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Where did he come on that stupid bloody Where's... NFL top 100 list? There's Kelvin Benjamin as well, isn't there? And, uh... what? Sorry, hold on. Kelvin Be- Yeah, Kelvin Benjamin isn't the top 10. Well, but he will be after this season. Oh, hashtag bold predictions. He Well, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Mike Evans, maybe. No, he had a drop-off last season, didn't he? Yeah, it's kind of, if you're talking... I'm I'm trying to blow up the top 100 right now, and I'm, I can't bloody find it. Yeah. Why don't they just put it as a list somewhere? This is so annoying. Uh, Antonio Brown was their top receiver. He came in at number four. Well, it would, he's brilliant, Antonio Brown. Julio Jones. You, Odell Beckham. You're just repeating. AJ Green. DeAndre just, Hopkins. You're just going through what, what happened Brandon before. Marshall. I mean, you've, Larry already, you've already said all of these. Alan Robinson. This is just repeating what, what they were doing. Uh, hold on. <clears throat> Des Bryant. I didn't say Des Bryant. Ah, Des Bryant. Des Bryant's definitely better yeah, than him. Yeah, 
Demarius Thomas. No, I'm not having Demarius Thomas. Well, it's too bad luck. Doug Baldwin. Doug Baldwin is at 72. All right. Doug Baldwin and Emmanuel Sanders are both worse wide receivers than Julian. Thank you very much. (laughs) But they're not, neither of them are in my top 10, so that's fine. Uh, Right. This has been a ridiculous tangent, and that man who tweeted us the other week saying that uh, he was angry about the quality of our podcast is going to tweet us again and he's angry. I think that's rubbish. I also, that... think, I also think Sammy Watkins is better wide receiver than uh, Julian Edelman. Guess uh, are you Are you joking? Nope. Roman Harper has joined the New Orleans Roman Saints. Roman Harper is not a wide from... receiver. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> has joined the New Orleans Saints from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we spoke to him at the Super Bowl. Lovely man. Spoke to his agents this week. We're going to probably get him on next week. Woo! We're going to have too many interviews. Uh, Roman Harper, I was trying to get him on for this show because it's the NFC South show, but... <laughs> That didn't work out so well. Um, I've had too much crunchy and too much lilt. And I've got overexcited and I've got the hiccups. Uh, he's joined the uh, Panthers, he says. He's joined the Saints. He said, I can't wait to talk trash to the uh, to the Carolina Panthers, which I thought was quite a nice little line. But he's 33 and really doesn't improve that defence enough. Uh, Daryl Tapper signed a new year with the uh, a new deal with the New Orleans Saints. No one cares. You're an old man. Yep. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders and the Broncos are still trying to do a deal. Emmanuel Sanders is due to make five point six million dollars this year, the final year of his contract. If he doesn't sign this year, that's going to be a very interesting free agent potential pickup next season. Emmanuel yeah. Sanders. Yeah. Obviously, well, uh, they've reopened talks with Von Miller, and that's going to be definitely the main deal. But look at the amount of money that's been thrown at Doug Baldwin. That's probably what Emmanuel Sanders is looking for. Um, well, ten million a year, I think. Ten, ten plus. I, yeah. yeah, I would have thought he wants eleven, twelve million to put himself up in that top tier. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting one. The Browns running back coach has said Duke Johnson is the ultimate weapon. Sounds like the Browns getting a little overexcited. Do you think he's got wrong with he's got it confused with uh, David Johnson? Perhaps? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Ah, sorry, David Johnson was also a big feature on All or Nothing. What a lovely chap he was, and a lovely fiance. Oh, okay. She was delightful. Okay. Got a little overexcited about her jersey being lucky for them. Didn't didn't win the old uh, NFC Championship game, did it? Hashtag spoiler alert. They got. Well, <laughs> I think everyone knows that they got hammered by the Panthers that last game. Um, Derek Carr. It's getting a little bit overhyped this week for me. Well, by uh, Brett Favre. Michael Crabtree said that he's a Brett Favre type receiver, a gunslinger in the mould of Brett Favre. Brett, pa- Brett Favre type quarterback, you mean? Yeah. Did I say receiver? You did, yeah. Oops. And then Brett Favre said, I think he's more polished than I am. Well, this is all a bit sort of uh, brown nosy, scratch my back, I'll scratch your kind of thing. I'm, I'm not liking it. No. He's your former quarterback, mate. Yeah, that's true. I think Derek Carr needs at least a year or two to kind of prove to himself, to everybody else as well, how good he can actually be. But um, yeah, I'm not having. I'm not having that he's more. Well, Brett Favre wasn't that polished. Actually, it was a lot of blood and guts. He's. Do you know um, who he was like, Brett Favre? He's like that fella from. Ah, oh, what's that? Uh, what's that? American football. This is brilliant radio. <laughs> what, what's that American football movie uh, with Al Pacino and Dennis Quaid plays, and he's basically playing uh, Brett Favre. Hold on, but the Al Pacino one is any given Sunday, and that's not Dennis Quaid. That's um, uh, it's a black quarterback. I can't remember his name. No, that's ja- that's Jamie Fox, isn't it? It is Jamie Fox. No, yeah, but he replaces Dennis Quaid. 
It's Dennis Quaid in Any Given Sunday. I haven't seen that film in a long time. The final speech is brilliant, but it's a weird movie. Oh, it's a great movie. I forgot that Dennis Quaid was in it. Yeah, so th- he f- plays this falling apart. I'm really glad that we're comparing uh, a Hall of Fame quarterback <laughs> to Dennis Quaid. What's your favourite Dennis Quaid movie? Oh, it's got to be Inner Space. Inner Space! Yes, Ollie Hunter! Bang! I just, I just wanted to ask you so we could talk about Inner Space, because oh, yeah. I love Inner Space. It's a great film. Brilliant. Oh, one of the best. <laughs> hive mind in this podcast. <laughs> it's a hive mind. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's talk about the NFC South, because we've been here for like half an hour, maybe 40 minutes, yeah, and not an talked about it yet. Uh, well, let's start off by hearing again from um, Matt... Uh, well, I was going to say Matt Stafford then. Wrong quarterback. Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, the quarterback <laughs> of the Atlanta Falcons. I forgot that? I don't know. I'm too full of Crunchy and Lilton. I've got all confused and hiccupy, and it's all got very messy. All that Someone's definitely going to tell us off. <laughs> um, yeah, let's hear from uh, from Matt Flynn first of all, and then <laughs> your face so angry. Uh, quarterback's called Matt. Go. I've named three. Can you name any more? Uh, don't think I can. Matt Liner. Come on, more. I had too much sugar. Stop. <laughs> right. Matt Ryan, quarterback of the uh, Atlanta Falcons. We caught up with him at the Super Bowl this year. Lovely chap he was. And uh, here's what he had to say. I've got you some gifts. This is great. <laughs> I, I'd love to pretend that I'm most excited about our next uh, interview on Radio Row because it's a starting top 10 quarterback in the NFL. But actually, I'm most excited because I've just been given a free Gillette razor. Uh, Matt Ryan of the Atlanta Falcons, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. I came, uh, I came with some gifts. Uh, the Fusion Pro Shield. Uh, from Gillette for you guys. It's basically like an offensive line for your face. Uh, <laughs> I like it. Good. Yeah, good. it protects you from, from all the things that you don't want to happen, like irritation and, and cuts and those kind of things. So I uh, hope you guys enjoy it, and uh, I'm happy to be on. Can As I congratulate you, you initially on the slickest sales pitch we've had <laughs> this week? That was really, really cool. There's, there's three of us here, uh, one that can't shave, uh, can't grow hair but needs to, sh- needs to shave, and the two of us here that do have a bit of hair but we need we really need to get rid of it yeah well you know even just trim it up a little bit you know? that's so let's, right. so let's got some other products that uh, that are out there that that could help you kind of keep the edges tight and, and keep things groomed up pretty neatly look matt it was a, a tough season this year it started off so well going undefeated for such a long streak and you and hulo looked like you were having an incredible connection what was your final assessment of the season as it as it all kind of uh, ended up falling a little bit off the edge you know i think we were inconsistent uh throughout the the entire year we did some things that were great and um you know we looked like a team that that should be really good but then we also did did some things that that looked like a team that was not very good and so you know when you finish at eight and eight and your and your record's right at 500 you're going to see both of those things uh i think we've got the pieces the nuts and bolts to be a really good football team moving forward uh, and, and that's the thing that I'm very excited about. One of those nuts and bolts is Devontae Freeman. What an incredible year that he had, uh, especially that first sort of first six, seven, eight games. Um, how impressed were you with him uh, throughout the whole season? Very impressed. Just the way that he burst onto the scene, um, you know, I, I was really proud of him. He was a guy that was a rookie for us last season and uh, worked really, really hard. And then when he got his opportunity this season, he took full advantage of it. And that's the thing you love seeing uh, when guys get an opportunity and, 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 and make it worthwhile. Really take it. And really take it. Yeah, go grab it. And um, he did that, and that was fun to watch. And, and as we said, it was a, a, a rocket of a start to the Dan Quinn era. And he's a guy who we liked when he was in Seattle, and he looked like he really had you guys firing. 
as we said the season didn't end the way you wanted it to but what was your assessment of Dan in this first year as a rookie coach he was awesome you know he he was great to be around uh just such great energy day to day uh comes in knows how to fire up the guys get the guys motivated he's very clear in terms of what he expects from from each individual unit from each individual player uh and I think guys really enjoyed playing for him one one thing that interests me I always look at guys with a new coordinator in that second season it seems to really come together obviously Kyle Shanahan with you guys how, how was that relationship and how do you see it developing into next season well I think anytime you have a transition it's tough because you know it's, things are just a little bit different yep. than what you're used to uh, I thought we made really good strides the entire year I feel like although we started really hot and we did some great things I felt like we were all on on a better page yep. later later in the season, particularly playing Carolina the second time. I thought that was us as an offense and what we need to do and be moving forward. But I think we'll be much better served for it last year. Uh, I think we know each other a lot better, and I'm looking forward to it. You've already hit the nail firmly on the head. We're seeing the and one Carolina Panthers, and the one <laughs> in the and one is you guys. So what is the template to beat this team? Well, you have to play really, really well. Uh, for us, it was very important to stay balanced, both run the ball and pass the ball efficiently. We didn't run the ball for a ton of yards, but we were able to have 30 rushing attempts, which slows down a defensive line. Their defensive line is about as good as it gets in the NFL, and we were able to slow it down uh, by running the ball and sticking with the run. And then we married our, our play-action passing game right to our run game. Their linebackers are about as good as anybody about getting downhill and stopping yeah. the run. Mm. And so we use that to their to our advantage of getting those guys down, making the run look exactly like it, and then throwing the ball deep behind their linebackers. Uh, and then we were great on third down. Uh, we, we, we converted our third downs at a high level uh, and made some plays. So it's a simple formula. It's just really, really hard to do. But I think the difference between you and maybe what we're going to see from Peyton Manning this weekend is I'm not sure we're going to see him throw an 81-yard touchdown pass <laughs> to his number one receiver. And, and Julio and your relationship, that, that's been incredible to watch over the years. Yeah, it's, uh, he's just such an unbelievable player. To me, he's the best in the game. Uh, he's incredibly athletic, gifted, physical, uh, competitive. But he's also extremely unselfish. I mean, he's, he's about as good of a teammate as you could ask for. He just wants to win, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to win games. Well, I remember that 200-yard game against my Green Bay Packers uh-huh. that he had. And just uh-huh. You guys came away with the win. Well, we came away with the win, was a pretty good game. Every time that you threw to Julio, you just thought, oh, no, not again. He is a, that big play guy, but he can also string lots and lots of passes together yeah he really can and in that game he i mean he got injured with i think we had maybe two drives left in that game he might have had he might have had 300 yards i mean (laughs) if he would have stayed in he was it was unbelievable to watch him play that game but that's just how talented he is you know it's just some guys are different than the other guys and he's one of those guys that's just different sorry i just said the nfc south was uh, a, a a losing team won that division last year it was a disgrace and (laughs) disgrace (laughs) I mean we did rename that I was a part of that that. we nicknamed it the NFC disgrace Uh, I do apologise so you're in town you're here with Gillette obviously but your rivals are playing in this game and is there part of you that thinks right NFC South on the map you want to take on the champions twice a year or are you fully rooting for the Broncos on Sunday <laughs> like a little bit of both right like I, I really it, it, it's hard to root for the Panthers when you played them so many times uh, you know and you'd love to it'd be a cool story for Peyton Manning maybe this is his last game if he goes out that way with a Super Bowl it'd be really cool um, 
I just think it's going to be hard to beat the Panthers because they're such a complete team. I mean, they're they're really really good in all phases of of uh, of their team. Yeah, and and just a final a final one from me. You were kind of a guy. I think it was 2012 when you're on the verge of the Super Bowl. Who was in that MVP conversation? People were talking about you as that elite guy. What do you need to do personally over the off season, and, and is the challenge for you to get back to that level? Well, I think it, it's finishing games. Yeah. You know, uh, the, the one thing I think we did really well in 2012 was find ways to win games late. You yeah. know, because in the NFL, your games are always going to be pretty close. Yeah, that Seahawks game, for example. That's was... it. That's it. You know, finding a way at the end of that game to get a couple completions to win. Uh, getting back to that and, and finding ways that we can be successful with the guys that we have, I think that's what gets us back to that level. Yeah. And you mentioned 2012 there. That's a prime example. That game against, remind me who it was again? Oh, yeah, the 49ers. Uh, <laughs> it was, was a game that you, so close. So no doubt. Close Absolutely. There. I mean, we, we really, you know, seven or eight yards away from being in a Super Bowl and you know, that's the fine line uh, that is the NFL, and, and uh, hopefully we can be on the right side of that fine line as we move forward. And also that retaken kick in uh, in Wembley in, in London a few years ago as well. How about that? Yeah, for all that for all the incredible. listeners in, in the UK. I mean, I, I know football's becoming bigger over there now, but for them to realize how heartbreaking of a loss oh, that man. was for us, I mean, that was a long flight back to Atlanta after that game because... Uh, you know, felt like we should have won it about three times. Well, hopefully in two years' time, we'll see you come back again and, and leave the Arshals with a win. I'll tell you what, we had a great time over there. It was right. a great experience. The, the atmosphere uh, for the game was about as cool as it gets. Wembley's a great place, and uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. Look, Matt, real pleasure. Thank you so much for coming over and taking the time to join us and for Gillette as well. And, and we wish you luck for ne- the off-season and going into next year. All right, I appreciate it. Use those razors, guys. Okay, okay. <laughs> if you come back round tomorrow, we'll all be clean-shaven. <laughs> That's it. There we have it, Matt Ryan, the quarterback. And I can confirm he is the quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons because they have their depth chart up in front of me, in front of Matt Sharp. I forgot Matt Sharp was there. Oh, another Matt. And Matt Sims. All of the Matts! Wow. And also someone called Sean Renfrey. I genuinely don't know who that is. Um, sometimes, sometimes the NFL gets beyond me. Uh, so what we're going to do, we were going to talk about the division in general. We were going to talk our way through each of the teams. And we were going to uh, do, like do a pretty standard uh, preview. But then somebody got in touch with us. It was Nick Boyd and said, who would be in your NFC South all-star team? Now, theoretically, in future weeks, this is something we're going to plan for and we're going to turn up with our all-star teams. But for today, we're going to do it on the fly. I apologise for that now, but it's... Because this is the first I've heard of it. Thanks, mate. But it's going to be worthwhile. I told you about it about an hour ago. (laughs) You could have sat there researching it. Um, You didn't tell me an hour ago. Loads of people, 45 minutes ago, how far we are into the podcast. Uh, Lots of other people tweeting us about the NFC South. You told me at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I told you about 10 minutes before the podcast, because it was before I went up to the vending machine. You're an absolute disgrace. No, it wasn't. You told me in that room. (laughs) Yeah, before I went up to the vending machine. in that room. I I realise that I'm pointing, and this doesn't make any sense for anyone else. Else. Right, stop Car- it, because Car- we're, we're, we're letting it get away from us again, and I don't want to be told off by that man on Twitter. Uh, somebody said this was their favourite podcast. Stunning. They would be right. Uh, <laughs> well, they'd be right about their own opinion, yes. but whether their opinion is correct. Exactly. Well, we can't say. Yeah. Um, should, do you want to go through some of the tweets and then do our team? Answer the tweets, and then we'll put our team together, yeah? Yeah, okay. Okay, so, Nick Boyd, first of all, asks, feeling optimistic about the Falcons. Schedule isn't the greatest, but I feel we have the talent in key areas. What are your thoughts? 
I was looking to you, Ollie, for giving me your thoughts, but you sure. appear to have fallen asleep on the other side of the glass. Oh, sorry, I was looking for his tweet. Where's his tweet? They're not wrong about the... It's, right, oh, no, it's the yes. one at the top. Okay. It's the same person who tweeted us the suggestion. It is a tough schedule this year. Schedule, whatever you want to say. Schedule. Uh, in the first month, they've got... Uh, the Buccaneers at home, okay, a, a divisional opener, could be reasonably easy then they're at the Raiders at the Saints home to the Panthers that's three divisional games in the first four games and then they've got to go on the road to Denver Seattle then they've got the Chargers the Packers the Bucks again obviously the Cardinals and the Chiefs they've got a tough schedule this year I think he's right in terms of the offense they've got the right things in the right places and actually Mohamed Sanu is a player who I think is going to I think he's been overpaid for what he was in Cincinnati but I think a Cheeky fancy sleeper. I've got to stop saying cheeky. It's Russell Hargreaves' fault. Uh, under the radar fancy sleeper, which is what sleeper means, but anyway. Um, but also, I think he is a great foil to Julio Jones. I mean, allow Julio Jones to go and do what he needs to do, uh, get downfield, open up the defence. I love that. We know Devontae Freeman was one of the best running backs in the football last year, although he dropped off at the tail end of in the year. In the football. In the, in the football. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're right. He was one of the best running backs. They've drafted, I think, quite well in getting Austin Hooper in the third round. I think that's the, the probably their only real you love uh, a tight draft end, steal. I love a tight end. Two tight end tight, uh, fantasy leagues got to be done. But I, the thing with what you're saying about Mohamed Sanu is he was behind a, a, a player at... Uh, at uh, Cincinnati in... He's behind two players, theoretically, well, Marvin Jones J. and A.J. Green. Well, I think actually he was only behind uh, A.J. Green, but Marvin Jones overtook him. And I, I'm not sure whether... I think that's. I think that speaks volumes when it comes to Marvin Sanu. I don't think actually he's a, that great of a wide receiver. I, I think he'll really fit there. I actually think their line is looking the best it's looked in a couple of years. Jake Matthews needs to return to yeah. previous good form, but having Alex Mack there is massive for them. Um, and and that, that's Alex Mack the centre, not Alex Mack the girl who used to be able to turn into water in a '90s TV show. Uh-huh. That was called Alex Mack, right? I've not just made that up. Don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> Um, pass rush I still think is an issue Vic Beasley needs to take a big step up this year I, I, I think he's got the uh, ability to do so I like Rashad Hegeman well, as well Vic was hugely recommended and uh, bigged up by Simon Clancy and t- said that this was a great fit for Atlanta This was he was going to take the lead by storm and look Atlanta started 5-0 and last year and then lost 8 of their last 11 and I, I think teams started to find out about how they were going to play. The thing with Dan Quinn, and you you mentioned uh, the pass rush, obviously the defence. In 2014, they were the 32nd worst ranked defence or defence. Last season, they were the 16th worst ranked defence. I think that is Dan Quinn showing exactly how he has set this team up. There's a lot of progression in that aspect, and I could see them maybe being an even better defence this year. Is that going to be enough with their offensive weapons to uh, make a run as a, at, at, uh, at the playoffs? I don't know. Uh, but th- they're one of those teams that are on the cusp, I think, of either doing something pretty pretty good or, once again, being 8-8. Eight and eight. I like Desmond Trufant a lot. Keanu Neal, I think, was a slight reach where they went for him, but it was a clearly a need at strong safety. The biggest problem is, is that they need Ricardo Allen to act like that proper 
that true one deep free safety that they used in Seattle so well yeah. and, and to allow that to play out and that's where they potentially struggle. This was what we weren't meant to be doing which was going through each team one by one but I guess if somebody well, asked about we them. We asked a specific uh, Yeah, he did. So we'll, we'll allow that uh, this time. Um, let's let's move on and, and look at some of the more tweets. Dan Welch Tromans, great name, said if the Bucks rush and pass defence soars due to off-season additions, could they provide a legitimate challenge for the division um, we won't go through the offence but I like them on offence let's just say that much I think J.R. Sweezy is a good addition I love the wide receivers and Doug Martin I think is a beast yeah Doug Martin was fantastic last year you're right about the wide receivers um, again um, tight end watch Austin Safarian Jenkins I think could have a really big year defence wise though Vernon Hargreaves is a player who they need to be able to plug and play from week one, and we know that's not necessarily easy at corner. Brent Grimes is a great addition, and I'm excited seeing what he can do. Noah Spence was one of my favourite players in the draft. They got him midway through the second round. I thought he had first-round potential, but uh, was obviously knocked down to the second for various off-the-field issues. Um, So I like the additions they've had. I think, basically, the question you've asked is, if the uh, Russian pass defence soars due to off-season additions, could they provide a legitimate... Of course they do, if it does. The question is, will it? What do you think of their third-round pick? Remind me who they took in the third round. Roberto Aguayo. They they went up for him. In fact, it was his second round pick, pick fifty nine. It was the oh, they took when well, they took they the took kicker. A, they took a kicker. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, let's not talk about uh, that. Uh, well, yeah. That wasn't a strong addition. Hashtag kick. Uh, <laughs> ben tweets: Will the Panthers have Panthers have the same success as last year? Now, a few of them, have, have, a few people have asked similar questions. Ben Big T tweets: uh, Are you going to be predicting records? No, not at the moment. Are the Panthers still in pole position or still likely to three peat the division? Um, and similarly, Stuart asked about: Do the Bucks have a, a, a realistic shot at the playoff if the Panthers continue their supremacy in the NFC South. The simple answer is I don't see why the Panthers wouldn't win the division this year. I don't see where they've got particularly weaker beyond cornerback, but the way they run their system means that you can be weaker at quarterback, cornerback like they were going into this season and you can still succeed. They've still got K1 short, they've still got Salo Talele, they brought back Charles Johnson on that ridiculously cheaper deal. Coney Ely needs to play like he did in the Super Bowl on a regular basis, but if he does, they've got the front four, they've got the linebackers, they'll dominate on defence, and then they've got Cam. So I don't see why they wouldn't. And dominate. Kelvin Benjamin back. And Kelvin Benjamin's back, exactly. So with that um, supporting cast that, that Cam drags up, they've had that defeat... Uh, in the Super Bowl, which I think will actually only make them stronger, build, I, and, you know, and build their I think Funches started to look decent yeah. down the stretch as well. So, yeah, I did Panthers. I, I, I for me, they are clearly the class of the division. Um, Tom tweets us asking, "Who's the biggest prancing preening prick?" Oh, nice alliteration, Tom. Cristiano Ronaldo or Cam Newton? Ah, Ronaldo, hands down. Hands, I, I, I really Cam. objected to this. I love Cam as well. Yeah, love Cam. I, they, they, it turned into a Twitter beef, low-level Twitter beef this morning about Cam Newton. And I think uh, people always turn around and go, Ronaldo, yeah, but he does charity work. I'm sorry, if you're paid 300 grand a week and you don't do any charity work, to turn up for work for like two and a half hours a day and then you don't do any charity work, then you're a disgrace. Exactly. Uh, and doing charity work doesn't make somebody a good human being. I'm sorry, but it's true. There are plenty of people who give money to charity and they're not good people. Yeah. 
Yeah, they do it for their own image and stuff. So I'm not saying that's what Ronaldo does. I'm just saying that's not a reason to say he's a nice person. Do you think his he- comments after the Iceland game are what the uh, the podcast that I would say we most compare to <laughs> the around the NFL call a Le reveal magnifico? That was pathetic from him to call them small nation mentality and it really angered me cam would never do anything like that people's biggest issue is that he sell over celebrates sorry do you know how hard it is to score a touchdown in the nfl i'd celebrate like that and that he was upset after losing the super bowl you've lost the super bowl you're allowed to show some emotion i'd rather that than russell wilson who got married the other day by the way so no way what's a ciara he can finally have some sex um Uh, I I think my exact tweet were, there have been Russell Wilson scrambles that have lasted longer than he will have done last night. Uh, I am basically a child. Uh, Um, I'd like to apologise to all the (laughs) listeners. Yeah, I love love Cam. That's the the upshot. I'd rather that than Russell Wilson. Is it the Courtney upshot? It's it's not the Courtney upshot. Um, I would say, you either love Cam or you hate Cam. He's like... Well, no, I, I don't really mind Marmite, but he's a bit like what they think most people say Marmite is. You either love it or hate it. I think that's the same with Cam. I love Cam. Now, uh, what we, the only team we haven't really talked about are the Saints, so let's just mention them. Simon Noble tweets, It looks like the Saints will struggle again. Would have been great to see Breeze join a playoff contender in his latter years. There was potential for that at one point where it looked like he might move on, but um, the Saints, a, a few other people, I mean, Adam Foxcross said they were potentially his number one overall pick. I, the Saints haven't done anything, much like the Panthers haven't done anything to their detriment particularly, the Saints haven't done anything to make me go, wow, they're suddenly going to be amazing. I really like Sheldon Rankin, so they brought in on the defensive line. That was a good draft pick. Michael Thomas, I think, is interesting, and I think because he's a big-bodied receiver, very suitable to what they do in New Orleans. They've not got necessarily the red zone threat. They've added him and Kobe Fleener, so maybe offensively they'll be more interesting this year, but they still defensively are a bit of a mess actually and do you know what von bell as well the safety they picked up in the second round i think Mm. it was i really like him as well but it's not enough to suggest that they're going to do any better than 500 and i'd be surprised if they got there and they're not inspiring are they i mean you you look through the the depth chart and you think i mean what's what's getting me excited about any of this nothing really i it's the, the pass rush was a, a real issue last year hasn't been a, a, hasn't been fixed at all uh, all right Sheldon Rankins was was looked to be pretty good and um, you know you never really can tell how rookies are going to take to the NFL so i don't know I, the, the saints i feel that's a really good shout. Was it Simon who said that they could be the first overall pick in twenty? No, Simon said it was a shame for him that Breeze hasn't gone so and tried had... to win another Super Bowl. It was Adam Fox. Adam Foxy, uh, it... who's just desperate for it to not be the Titans again. Uh, well, we won't have to wait. And Whoa. See. Whoa! 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 Um, but yeah, the, the Saints are the least inspiring team, and when we do our team of the division, which I think we're going to do right now, I would be surprised if any of them make the team or even a backup okay should we do this let's do it there's part of me that thinks should we almost save this back and start the next podcast with it so we can take genuine time to seriously consider it but maybe we just reveal the process a little bit here and then go from there how about that yeah okay so i think we've got us there's only one position we can start with obviously place kicker 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, what a way to mug off a guy. <laughs> no, it's, it's got to start with quarterback. And this breaks my heart to say it. And actually, I think this is a division of four good quarterbacks, maybe even four great quarterbacks. I'm a big Matt Ryan fan. Yep. Uh, I think he had a down year last year, but overall, I like him a lot. Drew Brees is one of my favourite all-time players. But if I'm starting a team today, it's got to be Cam. Cam. It's got to be what, Cam. Um, what Drew Brees doesn't have and Cam does is that ability to score touchdowns with his with his legs. The dual threat. Yeah, and uh, I mean, Cam, is he now the leader of quarterbacks with rushing touchdowns? I think he is, or he's very, very close. Yeah, he overtook Steve Young last season. Exactly. So, I mean, we're looking at the best that there's ever been in that dual threat. So I think we just pick one at each. I don't think we're going for like who's our backup running back going to be and stuff like that. We know, but I mean, if we, if you <laughs> were, I would take Jameis Winston over. Ooh, those two. oh, I, I would take. I'd take Drew Brees hand down. Let Cam learn under Drew Brees. No, what you want because the, the Jameis Winston is a similar quarterback with that um, with that threat on his legs as Cam Newton and if Cam goes down you want Jameis to slot in there nice and easy and nothing would have to change much you're, you're ridiculous how's that ridiculous I think that works Drew Brees Drew I love Brees him. has the most games Super Bowl he has the rings, most yeah, games okay. with 300 he's got one Super Bowl he has the most one games with 300 plus passing yards he has the most touchdowns in a single game the most games with a cons- most consecutive games with a single touchdown pass the highest ever completion percentage in a season the most seasons with 5,000 plus passing yards only one of the quarterback has more than one he's got four of them I know but when was the last one 2013. <laughs> Have you just made that You've mugged up? me off. No, you've mugged me off. It's 2013. 8, 11, 12, 13. <sighs> I understand he's a quarterback on the wane, but he's still one of my all-time favourites. And I'd love... And the thing is, you say that, but like 2014, 4,952 yards. 2015, 4,870 yards. Right, he didn't make 5,000, but he was bloody close. Well, he was injured, wasn't he, as well? Uh, I, think he missed, I think he missed one game. I don't no, know but I think... I think that injury carried on into the yeah, next okay, game, so I don't think he was at 100%. Okay, he wasn't 100%. I don't know. I, I, I gave you my reasons. Those you're, mugging, are my reasons. you're mugging me off, mate. Come on. Uh, can we... Well, running back? Move on to running back, yeah. So who are who are our four options? Well, we've Come got on. Mike Ingram from the Saints. We've got... Mike Ingram, I like that. We've got Doug Martin. We've yeah. got Devontae Freeman. Ooh. And we've got Jonathan Stewart. I, I get. I actually, those are four running backs I'd love to have on my team. Yeah, you happily. wouldn't. You well, you wouldn't not have any of them on your team. The problem here is that you've got in in Devonta Freeman, you've got the flash, but the one season. In Jonathan Stewart, you've got a true bell cow will run for you for. I, I mean, he's actually not a guy who regularly completes sixteen games, but he is just a workhorse. Yep. Doug Martin is probably the most talented of the group. Arguably with Freeman. Again, he's had one more good season. But actually, Mark, I mean, Mark, Mark Ingram came into the league with the most talent. And when he's shown flashes, you'd argue he's the best of the lot. I'm going to say... Mark Ingram can have very, very quiet games. I'm going to say Doug Martin. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Doug, Mar- Doug Martin for me. How many receivers are we taking? Three? It's, uh, well, a, it's a fantasy team, right? Two plus a... Okay, that's fine. Fancy, yeah. fancy teaming it. Um, obviously, Julio Jones. Oh, yeah. yeah. Without doubt. Without doubt, Julio Jones. Would you have Mike Evans? I would take Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans, potentially. 
I, um, what over Kelvin Benjamin? There's Kel- there is Kelvin Benjamin who you got the youth element. I, I think but then he a- he's ha- he was injured all last season, so we only know uh, we no- only know about Kelvin Benjamin from eighteen months ago. You know, it's a long time since we've seen Kelvin Benjamin in his pomp, but. When he but the was, question is, you put him behind Julio, great. you put him behind Mike Evans. Vincent Jackson's another one who I love as a player so much, but you've got to probably say, is he on the wane? Well, I don't know. He had a very good season last season. Okay, Mike Evans was injured, but Vincent Jackson did have a good season. You can't deny let's, that. Let's take the risk and go with the youth. Let's take Julio Jones and then take Mike Evans, Kelvin Benjamin, big-bodied guys. Cam yeah. won't overthrow them. It's It, it works. It works for me. Fullback. <laughs> Oh, it's got to be buddy. it's got to be Mike Talbot. <laughs> Mike Tal- right, I was only joking about having a fullback, but I forgot about the human bowling ball. <laughs> Mike Talbot, you are in our NFC South fantasy team. If if you weren't going to be on either of the lines, will Gavin? That is your calling. There is a- <laughs> <laughs> you are you are the ginger bowling ball. There, there's also no. It's also a very obvious choice at tight end for me. Oh, Greg Olson. Greg Olson, hands down. But now- if you're doing a two tight end set, would you have? Well, I think you'd probably have to go Austin Safarian Jenkins, wouldn't you? Over Jacob Tammy and... Uh, Kobe Fleener. Kobe Fleener. Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. Although he's a lot more... His off-the-field issues this season so far have not been impressive. So um, there's also an argument... The, the Offensive lines. Do we go the whole line? I think if we break it down, we're not Ger Samuel. We're so going to be... We're gonna, <laughs> we'd have to go just the, 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 the unit... Yeah, okay. So we're going for the unit in terms of the offensive line. Right. Let's get out of the way now. Despite Max Unger being a great centre, it's not the Saints. It's not it's not the Saints. I don't It's actually maybe the weakest part of this division, the offensive lines. But I think so here's here's my problem. I think Carolina have a really good interior line. I think at the tackles in Remmers and Oa, they're weak. But if we instigate the Panthers' system, which means Mike Tolbert will be getting on the line, which means Greg Olsen will be getting on the line, well, we which means Doug Martin will do some blocking. Mike Tolbert is in our team, so... So I would say we take the Panthers' O-line on the basis it might not be the richest talent-wise, but we take that scheme, we put Cam behind it, and we just run all over teams! Yeah, I'm all over that. Sexy. Yeah. Is that the offence done? That's offence. Defence. Defence. Now, do we go defensive line? And then talk, talk about our linebackers. Because the linebackers, I think, is obvious, right? There's no other choices. Well, I kind of feel like you have to take the entire front seven from from no. the uh, from the Carolina Panthers. Uh, hold on, let's just think it through. Because I, if we're going to go for a 4-3 system, which I think most teams in this division do, maybe not. I think the Saints do as well. So, actually, every team in this division plays a 4-3 front. I think the Panthers definitely have the best front four. Okay, can we... Okay, how about... We say that we're doing that front seven, but is there any one of the other teams that, we that one player anywhere. that you would you could just put in there? I, I mean, I, I I come up with these great ideas, but I really, <laughs> I really <laughs> and, then I, and then I do not back them up. I really don't think there's anyone there. there but, there's, right, there's an argument for Cameron Jordan in place of say Charles Johnson. Well, there's there's an argument for but Bucks fans Bucks fans are going to be uh, angry that we haven't included it. Uh, I, oh, do you put Gerald McCoy in in place of Starlo Tolele? Do you know what that could be the one the one place where perhaps yeah I think right defense Panthers front seven yeah 
plus Gerald McCoy. Okay, I'm giving you that. And is there an argument for Shaq Thompson at the um, see? I do love at the weak side linebacker. I do love Shaq, but he's he's a good young player and he had a good year. But is there anyone else you'd rather see in there? He's got the mic, got the will. I don't, uh, no, Courtney but, Upshaw is a decent player. Yeah. Stefan Anthony's a decent player. Let's just keep the Panthers front seven. Let's not confuse things. Let's stick with that. Yeah? Okay. Happy? Okay. Cornerbacks? Now, I would say Desmond Trufon. I 100% for me. I think I think he was a shining light, a beacon in a poor backfield for the uh, the Falcons last season. Here's another argument. You take Desmond Trufon. Yeah. You take Brent Grimes. Brent Grimes is a great shout. And you take... Uh, <laughs> maybe put an edit point in here while I flick between these teams. Trey Boston? Uh, and no, no. And then, you, and then you take Delvin Bro, and you play a nickel system where you drop that weak side linebacker and you just play... And you just play with the three corners. Because that's what most teams do all the time yeah, now yeah, anyway. Yeah but, yeah, but you line up with wherever those receivers are uh yeah let's go Trufant, bro i this my problem with this because we've not researched it is i'm going to miss somebody really obvious at some point and then everyone is going to hammer us okay, for so not there's taking some, there's jerry's bird there's kenny well, there's, well, well, that's, that's, safety. Safety. that's safety okay so um jairus uh, uh, oh you know who all oh, right sorry i've cocked this up Panthers front seven plus Gerald McCoy and Levante David. Oh! People are going to be screaming at us that we hadn't brought Levante David in. Hey, do you know what? We're, we're going to get tweets about it, and then they'll and then they'll keep listening and, and be like, "Ah, oh, okay." They'll delete the tweet. We'll let you off. This is why you shouldn't have let us do it live. Not you, the listener. I'm blaming the listener for this entirely. <laughs> Let's just say Benny Ben Wickery and Robert McLean are not making it into our backfield. So who do we say? Brent Grimes, Dre- Desmond Trufon and Delvid Bro as our corners. Yeah. And then we just need a free safety and a strong safety. Who are our free safety options? Okay, so free safety. You've got Kurt Coleman. You've got Jairus Bird. Mm-hmm. Boyd. 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 <laughs> uh, you've got Brad McDougald. Uh, I'm out of um, out of uh, Casey, and you have got Ricardo Allen. Here's the problem: I loved Jairus Bird when he went to New Orleans. He has not fit their system there whatsoever. It just yeah, but would he fit playing our as a single high safety? He does not work. But he might fit our system. But he he might fit our system. But are we relying on former greatness? Or are we relying on Kirk well, Coleman, who led the league in interceptions last year? You're relying on former greatness on our bench with uh, Drew Brees. <laughs> oh, all right, mate. <laughs> I would say, okay, uh, I think we've got to go Kirk, Kirk Coleman. Led the led the league in, uh, in interceptions last season. You, That's what we've got to go on. Okay, and then it's strong safety. We've got Trey Boston of the Panthers. Mm-hmm. We have... Like? Kenny Vaccaro of the Saints. Who I like. I also like Kenny Vaccaro. Injury Uh, issues, but big fan. Now, this is interesting. Keanu Neal. We don't know anything about him, but... I'm not taking it. But should every one of our teams include at least one rookie? No. No, it's meant to be the best team in the division. I don't care about the rookies. Fair enough. Keith Tandy of, uh, of the Bucks. Keith Tandy! I am not selectingly Keith Tandy. Oh, there's, there's an argument. 
is there an argument for I'm sorry, I'm still looking at free safety. It's winding me up. This is this is the weakest position in this division. When you consider who the best safeties in the league are, the Harrison Smith, your old Thomas, Eric Berry, Tyrone Matthew, those kind of guys. Yeah. There's nobody in that kind of league here. Who are we taking? Come on. Strong safety. Is it going to be... I mean, we don't have... I'm not having Keanu Neal. We've got no Saints in there. <laughs> Right, on that basis alone, and because I, I thought he was so brilliant as a rookie, Kenny Vaccaro, and injury yeah. problems have cost him, and playing on a terrible Rob Ryan defence has cost him. So let's take Kenny Vaccaro. But th- this say, is our... We're trusting you with this, Kenny. <laughs> you are don't slightly... Ki- Kenny, yeah. don't kill us, man. Yeah, fair. Did, did you like that? Yeah, I did. Thanks. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Uh, are we doing special teams as well? <laughs> no. Oh, I really wanted to talk about Graham Gano being Scottish. Well, we would have... Um, That'd be Matt Bryant, surely. We would have Devin Hester as our receiver. Oh, no, as our returner. Nice. Returner, yeah. That's it. You're talking about past glories. Mate, Ridiculous. We're, we're having him. Thomas Morstead as our punter from the Saints. There you go. We've got Mainly two because he now. hates you. Okay, so just to run through our ultimate NFC South team. Cam Newton at quarterback. Dirk Martin at running back. Mike Tolbert at fullback. Our wide receivers are Julio Jones, Mike Evans and Kelvin Benjamin. Tight end, Greg Olsen. Our O-line is the Panthers, but on the basis that we use the Panthers system. Defence, we've got the Panthers front seven, but adding in Gerald McCoy and Levante David. And There's part of me that thinks, let's try playing Gerald McCoy on the edge in place of Charles Johnson. But it's probably Starlo Tulele coming out because he's much more of a straight-up tackle. Yeah. And then Levante David in place of the rookie. No offence, but Levante David's one of the best players in the league. Cornerbacks, Trufant, Bro, Grimes. Free safety. I'm still not Kurt convinced Coleman. by bro, but I'm going to let you have it. Oh, he was great last year. I'm, I'm not convinced. Strong safety, Kenny Vaccaro. Free safety, Kurt Coleman. That is a team. I'm loving this. Great. We're going to do this for everyone, and next week we should come in with some, you know, stats and some preparation and everything else. But okay, for now, we, this will do. Should we decide who we're going to do next week? Well, I, the problem is, is I think we should base what we're going to do next week on the interviews we have. So maybe we should do the AFC South next and we can play in uh, Andrew Luck. And we can also potentially play in Denard Robinson if he makes it out. Denard Robinson is meant to be the Jacksonville Jaguars representative next week. Yeah, but what happened to Will? Uh, he had a car crash. Oh, really? Is he all right? Yeah, he's fine. Um, it was, uh, he's been tested. He is not, uh, he was not driving under the influence. It was about 4.20 in the morning. He was found half submerged in a pond by the <gasps> side of the road. And it's just believed he fell asleep at the wheel. Now, obviously, driving whilst that tired is dangerous. It's not dangerous in the same way that drink driving or drug driving We've is. We've all done it, though. We've we don't consider it. it in that same region. But it's whether or not NFL UK would be happy having him come over, knowing the media are going to ask him all about that incident, rather than focusing on their three games at Wembley this year. So th- th- what I'm saying is, we don't know who's coming from the Jags. Are you saying the media, as in that they'll realise that that's happened, the British media? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think people will do their... They'll, they'll, but the problem is, is they'll get these players' names, they'll research them, oh, you've been and they'll a- go... You've you've been in a pond. How, oh, how you uh, hold on. This guy's been in a pond driving. Were you drunk? No. Hmm. Okay. That's my impression of the British media. I thought it was pretty spot on. Not going to lie. So we'll have Andrew Luck, um, and we'll hopefully have. Um, uh, just reading through the players that they're sending over. Dwayne Allen's coming over as well. Denard oh, Robinson's great. meant to be here. So let's do the AFC South next week. 
And we'll try and get the couple of Bengals guys and we'll do the uh, AFC North as well, maybe. They're sending Carlos Dunlap and Damar Topeco. So two okay, off the guys, defensive line. So uh, at Gridiron, give us some suggestions for who you think should be in the AFC te- South. South team of Gridiron. Great. And also, additionally, let us know who we've missed out from the NFC South because we've basically definitely missed out probably an all-pro level player. And uh, get in touch with any questions for Andrew Luck or any of the other guys coming over because we will be trying to speak with all of them, but we're definitely sitting down with Andrew Luck on Monday. All of that at Gridiron. Only three places left on our tour. Sportstraveltours.co.uk Sportstraveltours.com Com. You right. can also find the details <laughs> via at Gridiron on Twitter. We will tweet it out as well and we'll follow up emails and everything else. Ollie, is there anything else you would like to add? I'm going to Taunton tomorrow. For the cricket? For a cricket tour, yeah, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, very nice. Are you going to watch proper cricket or are you well, going to play? Playing. Is it, isn't, it, isn't it school day? They it, let you off. It's my first day off, other than like a, a you know having a weekend off. But like first time where I'm not meant to be at work when I'm meant to be at work since the Super Bowl. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I've had a lot more time off than that in that time. <laughs> yes. Oops. So yeah, you, could, you know you you had that honeymoon and and all of that. I'm driving with a, a listener of the podcast. Who are you driving with? Ben Priest. Who plays for my team? Oh right, I, it wasn't just like you randomly hooked up with a guy who listens to our podcast. No, 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 no. It's ben, a bit weird. Ben happens; he's a Packers fan as well, and he plays for the team. And uh... I'm also going to send our list of NFC South teams to the Facebook group that involves Matt Sherry and Simon Clancy and everything else, our NFC South players, and have them lambast it. So we'll talk about that on the next pod as well. Okay, great. Enjoy your cricket, mate. Thanks. For that. Any final thoughts from you? No. Let's enjoy Andrew Luck next week, and we'll come back with a podcast early next week. All right, great. Well, thank you very much for listening. As always, tweet us at Gridiron. Get on that sports travel tour stuff. We love you. Thank you for listening. This has been The Gridiron Show.